0: I don't have, like, a set intro, man. I don't have, like, a set intro down. I have, like, something oh, yeah. I play, like, re roll but I don't have, like, a, hey, my name is David, and I'm blah, 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 today we're gonna, yeah. it's usually just, like, so off the cuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, we're recording. We're live. We're with David Vu of Spence is Written. Thanks for returning. It's been a minute since I've uploaded things, but we're here with David Vu. My good friend, also a creative pharmacist. Today, we're going to talk to him about his latest initiative, Dispenses Written. So if you want to just give us a little background on that, David, that'd be awesome. Maybe a little background on yourself, too, what you do for people. Sure, who-
1: I'll give you a background. Thanks for having me on the show, David. So I'm a recent graduate from VCU School of Pharmacy and graduated in 2018. So it was good to be on rotation with David Den. actually. Uh, he showed me a couple ropes of what he does. So it's pretty neat to be full circle. So I work for a healthcare technology company that focuses on medication intelligence solutions. So I work with products that range from drug drug diversion software systems to radio radio frequency identifier technology on medications. So it's a little bit off the cuff in terms of traditional pharmacy, love it. Uh, uh, In terms of my roles within the company, I worked initially as a data analyst, became a QA engineer, and actually the first pharmacist they joined on their engineering team, second pharmacist to join on their entire company. Um, Then I transitioned over and became a project manager, but still working as a QA engineer as well. And then as a holistic thing, I'm a clinical data subject matter expert for a lot of our initiatives for our products. So kind of the go-to person uh, if anyone needs to look into some pieces of data, uh, particularly for our drug diversion software systems. So in addition I started up a business like how David had mentioned called uh Dispenses written, where I help healthcare providers uh, develop their own personal brands uh, on social media.
0: That's you've done literally everything and you've been graduated for how long now? How it's many two years? years? Just it's two years. years. <laughs> Just two years. Just two years of started my own company and like you know doing doing so many different side things man like and doing a non-traditional path that I don't think a lot of pharmacists are even aware is... like a thing um you said you w- was it for KitCheck? is that where you worked for for a little while i don't yeah. know if you wanted to, yeah so you i still so i work for KitCheck
1: and still work for KitCheck right now um mm-hmm. and david has certainly
0: has filled his fair share of KitCheck. oh my uh, god and the number sure. of trays at the hospital that we fill every day is insane it's it's insane how behind like technology is in healthcare systems in general just because it takes so long to get things approved and and, and by the board of pharmacy, by like, you know, just like hospital and admin. That's a whole nother story. But um, it's, I'm still so, so surprised we're just using like barcoding technology to track medicines. And it's still not even like up to par with like as much as we would want. So it's kind of insane. Yeah, so, definitely
1: a lot of opportunities for growth when it comes to technology and how we can improve our healthcare system as a whole. Uh, always opportunities for, yeah. Uh, increased efficiency, time savings, cost savings. So, so many avenues and we're kind of at the cutting edge of just recognizing that, hey, you know, a lot of our systems that we have in place, there's a lot of opportunities to either improve or just entirely just, you know, let's start all over or change through introduction of newer technology, especially nowadays where there's a larger emphasis on artificial intelligence, uh, being focused a lot on data, Uh, Where we weren't in a state before. We have so much data right now. It's the, how do you, what do you do with it? How do you do it? How do you massage the data to be able to make and drive better clinical decisions and operational decisions? And that's kind of what we're at right now, where we just have so much data, but how do we make the most sense out out of it? And how do we progress our healthcare forward with it?
0: Yeah, it's it's like information overload and pharmacists are kind of like the perfect person to do that because we're problem solvers by nature. So it's, I wanted to ask you, like, how did you first start getting into like an interest in IT and using data? And because it sounds like you have expansive knowledge on things that like I definitely never learned in school, you know, like things like that. So if somebody is interested in like pursuing a similar path as you, I guess, what would they need to do to like prep themselves a little bit or what did you do?
1: Yeah. So kind of starting back in terms of even before pharmacy school, I was already interested in pharmacy informatics and technology just because there's so much that you're able to do and impact through technology. Uh, I mean, I I worked in retail in the retail space, uh, for quite some number of years, but I've noticed when I was doing the work that I would do, it was a one-on-one interaction. It was, Hey, I see a patient, see them the next time, and the next time, and the next time, but I wanted to be able to impact, you know, a lot more people in a grander scheme, and so that's kind of how I divulged into, you know, understanding that this is pharmacy technology, you're able to be able to be impactful to a lot of these systems because there's so many touch points within it. Say for instance, you improve and optimize uh, clinical decision support, uh, which therefore affects how providers are interacting with their EHR, which therefore may interact how they would work with their patients in terms of clinical regimens or something like that. So even though I do it is kind of working downstream, it has so much it has so much effects longer term. Um, so sorry, upstream and it has a lot more impact downstream for a lot of these patients. And so that's kind of how I approached uh, my role within pharmacy was realizing that that I would have would be able to have a larger impact that way. But in terms of your question, like how do you get more um, experience or how do you learn more about informatics and technology? And a lot of it is you have to kind of go out and seek it nowadays. Um, but realize there's always opportunities for improvement in healthcare. Just look at you know when you whenever you work in one place, just realize you know, what could be faster? What could be more efficient? And that was the kind of the mindset that I had the systems throughout engineer,
0: my, The systems engineer exactly. mindset of like problem yeah. solving, which which you definitely translate into dispense as written, I think. Uh, we'll get more into that. But yeah, I wanted to point that out. Like, that's the part that I kind of love about using social media is the systems approach. Like, I love seeing the numbers and the data, see what drives it, and then problem solving, seeing like what is good, what's not, and then moving forward with that and applying that to healthcare. It's like if I can do it to both social media and healthcare, I'll be like a win-win situation for me yeah. impacting yeah. people there. And then impacting like my, my job and then patients, I think that would be like the best mix. That'd be like my ideal world.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I completely agree. It's just, I think we have a little bit of scientists all in our hearts in terms of I want to tweak one thing. I hypothesize that this thing would do X, Y, and Z kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, if it doesn't go well, well, let me just tweak something else. Yeah. Let me change the variables and then have some different ad- outcome. Eventually you want to get in a state where, you know, uh, if you tweak it enough, then it's gonna get, produce the results that you want. And so kind of going through healthcare, it is like, how do I tweak one thing to imp- save someone time? How do I tweak one thing to make a better experience with, within technology and the software that we utilize? Because ultimately that's how um, you're gonna provide generally better healthcare longer term because one, you're more focused, second, you're able to get as much, there's so much knowledge out there that it just might be impossible for someone to really know exactly all the interactions for a drug, for instance, um, and for this particular patient. So if I have almost as much information as right in front of my face and that's really pertinent, then I could be able to drive a quicker decision off of that, and but a more informed decision off
0: of it. It's all about optimization, man. Well, so you, so it sounds like you already had like an early interest in optimization. You kind of already, I mean, I knew from working with you, man, you were so, you were the quickest like intern that or like, like on your rotation, quickest student that I've ever had, like you working through Cerner and like processing orders and streamlining, um, trying to figure out the problem with, um, whether or not people were scanning. I think some of the refrigerated meds is, is I think what you were working on. You're we just moving through stuff so fast that faster than I had been. And I had been there for like a year. I'm like, this guy is this guy is something else. Um, so it was it was great working with you. And honestly, it, it kind of inspired me a little bit to move a little quicker <laughs> of work. Um, so with the, with all that, I guess what has ha- like describe how you've come to start dispense as written um since graduation. So you've always had the system approach. I guess explain how you apply that sort of approach to dispense as written.
1: Yeah, so initially I started off because there was Rin because it was essentially multifactorial in terms of how, why I started. Um, one of the biggest reasons was just recognizing the job market, especially within pharmacy. It's a very competitive market, whether, whether you're applying for residency or fellowship or even applying to jobs, the competition is really insane and you nice. just would only get more and more competitive. So it's just the question is, well, how do you rise up from the sea of saturation and really get into a career position that you're truly passionate about? And one of the things is personal branding and essentially it is, uh, what, how people, uh, what, in terms of how, what people think of you, uh, in terms of a media presence or a networking presence and, and it goes in terms of why is it important? Um, generally, right now if you apply to jobs and normally the the crux of applying jobs is hey let me go on indeed let me just apply to a job you can apply to hundreds and hundreds of jobs and you're just going to get rejected uh, probably 80 percent of the time and that's because there's an automated tracking system so it goes through that software system and you're just going to get rejected so you spend so much time on these applications and the return on investment it might not be what you see. And therefore, you're going to get discouraged. Um, and then you might feel, look like the future might be bleak in terms of applying for jobs. Yeah. So in terms, that's the current state that we're at. And that's the game that a lot of people play nowadays. But it's better off not, it's not what you know nowadays. It's who you know nowadays. Of so being able to network as much as possible, getting connected with people and not more of a, you know, sleazy networking and scratch my back, scratch your back kind of aspect, but being able to create these connections with other people and really know them as friends, colleagues, and someone that you could potentially rely on uh, later on. And so that's kind of the approach that I have with personal branding is how do I increase your digital presence? How do I have get you, you know, be out of your comfort zone a little bit more and do things that you're really passionate about. And at the same time, developing your brand, developing your digital presence, getting your name out there much, much more. And like I mentioned before, I am only a recent graduate. I only graduated two years. Yeah. Um, was personal branding on my mind the entire time? Definitely not.
0: But not, was, not even on your radar, man. No, you were, you were just like trying to be the best you could be within your company and and in yeah using your degree to the fullest, like if, even more so than most people would to speak on um, to speak on a little bit of the sleaziness of like branding and like that whole, like when I first, when I first like started pharmacy school and I would hear the term branding, I'd be like, ugh, what? Like I'd think of like multi-level marketing. I think like not being my true authentic self, but I think you said it perfectly where it's like, it's the second you get over the thought of like branding as this, like idea or this fake self this fake representation of yourself the the quicker you're gonna like make connections with people and and that's I think when my like that's when I think my page started taking off is when I just started like kind of putting that stuff aside um but with that when if I didn't have like a clear message like if I didn't have a clear mission of like or goal of like what my brand was that's when I could like I could see myself deviate and it would take me into places like would not necessarily want to go like professionally because Mm -hmm. just in general, I'm, I'm kind of a joking person. Um, so it's nice. It's nice having someone to kind of just check in and be like, Hey, like, how's it going? What's, what's the goal here? What are you trying to achieve and keep, keep, keep me on track or keep, you know, keep somebody on track who's maybe not even as experienced. Um, with branding or like with social media. It took me, it took me like a year, man, to really just like get comfortable um, using a lot of my editing software, a lot of, a lot of um, like what I wanted to do. So I guarantee if I, if I joined or like sought some like mentorship from you with this fence that's written, I would have, I would have streamlined the process much quicker. But I think, I think it's important if anybody is thinking about branding or starting to brand themselves which I've seen so many accounts now so many pharmacy accounts now that are that are like that that are really like students taking the initiative and like putting their best self and professional self out there yeah Um, there's
1: there's definitely a fine balance between you know um there there, at first it was more of a hesitancy that a lot of people have
0: because months to start
1: (laughs) yeah just there's a hesitancy in terms of pharmacy of just like you know you want to be as professional as possible. Uh, pharmacy is a small world. You might want to not step threat, on some people's or anything like that. <laughs> but I mean there's a certain way that you're able to uh, relay your message, keep that professionalism but also keep the genuine personality that comes with your posts as well. It does require some maybe some self-awareness of like hey maybe I shouldn't go too far deep in terms of my jokes or my stories or Maybe this might not be appropriate for social media yeah. um, and it should be kept private. Not everything has to be open to the public that's for sure. Um, but it is, how do I, you know, present myself in terms of social media where I'm truly genuine that I want to help people. I want to show my passion. Even within pharmacy, even outside of pharmacy, yeah. how do you send that message out? And also, how do you not be afraid to do that?
0: Mm -hmm. You got to take the
1: first step. Yeah, that is the first step. It's just like, there's, I don't know what to post. I don't know. It doesn't, I'm not sure if it, that people might like it. But at the end of the day, things don't have to be perfect. And I'm going to iterate this throughout the entire podcast. It is perfection. Perfectionism is the enemy of action. It's going to stop you from doing a lot of things that you want to do things don't have to be perfect uh, as long as you get the message out there, uh, as long as it meets an MVP, minimum viable product, then why not just spread that message? What's going to be doing you harm would just be re- stopping yourself from sending off a valuable message because you're
0: you might That's be spending great.
1: way too much
0: What's not thinking
1: about it overthink exactly not being perfect. And so you end up never posting it. You never end up sharing, your stories or your knowledge to other people that would benefit from it. So I think that would be a more of a disservice for a lot of people more than anything else.
0: Well, and and to speak to that point, I think as a pharmacy student slash pharmacist, like our attention to detail and our perfectionism can be like the death of us sometimes it can, I know in our interviews when I'm like, I'm like looking at everything, I get overwhelmed. I'm like, ah, I, I, I got to read every single detail of this lab. I need to know every single value does this tie to this. So I can see how that easily translates to stopping people from even pursuing something on social media, especially with the potential repercussions. If you, you do it wrong. Um, but bottom line, I think you're saying is, is it, it as long as you start, you're going to figure out what works. Um, I think, I mean, case in point, mine my stuff has not been perfect. Like, go back all the way to the bottom. I've got, like, I've got pictures of just, like, classmates that I made memes out of. And I was like, haha, this is funny. And now I'm like, now I'm like, let's use the strong font on Instagram. Let's use black and white and have my red. Like, I've got my whole color scheme. So it's, it, it's all stuff that I, like, developed and figured out over time, not stuff that I started with. And I could easily, and here's the thing, too. The beautiful thing about if you're doing it on Instagram, you can just delete the post later. You can just like no one's gonna remember your first post if it's not perfect. Because yeah. guess what? You can change it. You can you can literally remove it. Like, and, and actually, it, it's kind of like kind of
1: like that because it shows yeah. you kind of the progression that you had over periods of time if you're yeah. or, or looking. Because I don't know if you go on YouTube and you look at some of the bigger YouTubes out there and you see one of their recent videos and go back towards like their very first video.
0: Uh, oh, a lot trash. of them are very
1: cringe, all of <laughs> them are cringe. A,
0: it's not even, yeah. yeah. So, and well, that's also not- why people are afraid to start because they're like, I don't want to have a cringe video. Guess what, you can remove it. You can just, it's gone. It's not even on the world anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we're kind of getting off off the rails a little bit, but um. so what has been your best success story since starting Dispenses Written? Because I've seen you, I've seen a lot of good stuff happening. I've seen a lot of great content from you and from Sagar, who is my my TikTok, um, I don't even want to say rival, but like he makes me do better. Like he, I look at his stuff and I'm like, I need to be on his level and I need to make better content. So it's a fun little, it's a fun little competition I have with myself that he doesn't know about unless he's listening to this episode, in which case, yeah. I'm going to interview at some point, Sagar, and I'm coming for the TikTok uh, King title, so going for the crown, going for the crown. Who mm-hmm. the
1: most bothered.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll just ping him right after this episode. We need, we need <laughs> um, fact, to. In Catholic.
1: terms of the best success story, and it's actually really starting before Dispenses RIN. Uh, yeah. That was, uh, and actually before Dispenses RIN was even a, a thing that really came across my mind. And it was when I co-founded the Pharmacy Informatics Academy. That's what so, I was bringing up, yeah. And so. That's the academy that I uh, founded with my co-founders Brian Fung, Tony Dow, and Beiju Shah. Um, so essentially, we are creating the hub for the next uh, to train the next generation of future pharmacy informaticists. Um, and so, a lot in uh, the main problem that exists is, you know, formal pharmacy informatics education. It's really challenging for many pharmacy schools, um, and maybe even to get out. And also to even provide the basic concepts um, because maybe they don't have enough resources, maybe it's not built in their curriculum um, maybe they don't have people to teach it relatively and, or to, maybe right. they,
0: yeah it's a, exactly. up and coming you're forging you're forging the forefront of this you've and you you've tried to pitch I think classes to to like my school right like you've tried to like convince them this is going to be an important aspect of pharmacy it's going to be a staple of pharmacy in the next 10 years I'm calling it like if, if it's not already growing and important now like I just don't think a lot of students know about it
1: yeah exactly and that's just the self-awareness of you know generally people don't know about it so until so far in the game uh, and also like I mentioned before there might not be up- opportunities to be able to see uh, what pharmacy informatics is and what's it all about and so this might be a lack of information that would exist just because it's not on people's radar. Well, generally when people come to pharmacy school, they could think of very, some, uh, very clinically or something that is retail oriented. But generally when people come in, most, most pharmacy students are only thinking about the traditional aspects, retail and hospital. Mm-hmm. And eventually they learn about managed care uh, industry, uh, and so on and so forth. And Pharmacy informatics is one of those things as well, where it is a specialty field that people might not...
0: Oh, David, are you still there? I might've lost you, hold on. If you like overdose, then I'm sure you'll enjoy Dose of Support, I'm Dr. Vanessa Casper, a nurse practitioner and the host of the new podcast, Dose of Support, where any and all healthcare professionals come to share their unique experiences. We learn from each other and find some self-care in healthcare. Come find us on Facebook, Instagram, Patreon, and online at www.doseofsupport.com. And find our show wherever you listen. Come get your own dose of support and bring your friends. Our growing community needs you too. Stay tuned. I think the recording's still going, thank God, but my Zoom just crashed and I connected to a faster Wi-Fi. So sorry for interrupting. I think you were you were to ugh, where were you? I was was, uh, talking about uh, pharmacy informatics
1: in terms of education.
0: Yes, and you were talking about how it's it's just like not very well known. Sorry about that.
1: No, yeah, that's right. No worries, man. Technology
0: Uh, problems on an when we're talking about informatics. Yeah. Solve my go into the code of Zoom and figure out what happened.
1: Yeah, just right-click, hitting inspect, and just (laughs) change the front end, dude. (laughs) You're just probably connect directly to Ethernet cable. That's probably Uh, better. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's, it's funny because, and it's also surprising because there's, according to the standards of ACPE, it has all healthcare providers, they should obtain some level of competency in pharmacy informatics during their education. So it's, it's a little odd that not everyone is kind of adopting this sort of, uh, this sort of aspect in their curriculum. Uh, So what we're doing is we're trying to supplement the knowledge. Um, And so as the ragtag team of individuals, we created the academy to be able to provide that sort of knowledge base towards everyone else. Um, and in terms of your original question, it is what's the best success story uh, from what I'm doing? And it's, it's funny because the academy essentially went international. Um, so yeah. one, of our, one of our co-founders, Brian Fung, Um, he did an MPH, so a master's of public health and he would have students or potential candidates for the MPH program, um, reach out and they'll just chat one-on-one. Um, and so he was speaking to this pharmacist from Canada and he had asked her and she has no idea really who he is in terms of background. She, he asked her, well, what do you think about pharmacy informatics? And she's like, I don't know too much about pharmacy informatics, but the only thing I do know is the Pharmacy Informatics Academy.
0: <laughs> so that probably felt that was so nice. That probably felt so good. You're like, oh my god, we've we've broken ground. we global. We've broken a door. <laughs> no, but you honestly like one of my pharmacists. Like a lot of my pharmacists know about the Pharmacy Informatics Academy, and you have ambassadors that I've seen on LinkedIn hold different talks. Like my one of my pharmacists I worked with last week. She was like, yeah, I like watch some of their lectures, and I, I, I'm actually going through some of like the courses. I see recently you guys have something about like leveraging Excel to make the most sense out of pharmacy-specific inform- like information. Which I'm enrolling in an elective course about that. I, I honestly thought you were going to be the professor when I signed up for it. I was like, that sounds like David has finally convinced the school to give him a class to teach. Because because didn't you get you recently became a, a professor of something like right or like a sub? I don't know. I don't know what the term is.
1: Yeah, so clinical assistant professor. Uh, so. Just clinical
0: assistant professor. No big yeah. deal. Two years out already. Already got a professor like status. Founded his own academy. You're 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 something else, dude. You're yeah. something else, man. Just, uh, just
1: always uh, trying to find uh, different things. I love yeah. working on different projects all at once. Just whatever comes to my mind. And it's great nowadays, uh, when I graduated, so I have more time just to be like, Hey, I wanna do something.
0: Yep. I wanna hey, do it. <laughs> hey, if you're working from home, you got nothing but time, which is another reason why like honestly, this is a perfect time to like start something because every like everyone is on on their phones constantly. I was gonna say, um, let's, let's move on to the next question. I guess, what is the like the most common challenge you see when you try to help someone with their brand? Like, what is the one thing you run into most?
1: Yeah, so the common thing, and I brought it up earlier, is perfectionism is the enemy of action. And yeah. it's that is the core number one thing that stops a lot of people from developing their brand. It is, uh, they would do things such as, you know, I, I want my logo to be perfect. Uh, I want perfect URL. I want to have the perfect name. I want to have all of these stuff that's impeding from them in terms of a long-term goal, which is say, for instance, you want to be known as say, for instance, the graphic designer of pharmacy or something like that. Is it, if you get too stuck in terms of the little things, even though some of the stuff may be important towards your business in terms of uh, bleeding up towards it, yeah. but at the same time it shouldn't stunt you so much that it prevents you from doing the necessary things as such as creating all the infrastructure for it creating the um, uh, media avenues for it creating the content those bigger ticket items that will actually get your brand out there as quickly as possible and to a large audience as much as possible so there's a lot of overthinking that goes on and so probably what i do best is just how do i make a decision and i help them Uh, alleviate some of the mental barriers that exist and just say, hey, you know, logos doesn't have to be perfect. The URL, it doesn't have to be perfect. We could reach an MVP or a minimum viable product to be able to reach whatever needs that you get. Um, So that's what uh, a lot of that encompass in terms of some of the barriers that exist and uh, other things that they would have to Uh, my clients and the people that I work with is really understanding the audience that you would want to work with as well. Uh, Because generally people want to do a lot and they want to be able to reach as big of an audience as much as possible. But it's a lot easier to work within a niche and be focused in terms of your messaging. Um, So in terms of my messaging, I'm not aiming for everyone in the entire world. I'm aiming for people that are healthcare professionals because I know their stories. I know what they're coming from in terms of their background and be able to cater a lot of my messaging towards their needs. Cause I have, I understand them um, yeah. as opposed you to tackling everyone.
0: <laughs> yeah. You went through them yourself. And I, I, I think that, I think the part where you, like, at least what's been most beneficial for me since like, just checking in with you is like, I'm, I'm terrible at holding myself accountable to dates, especially, and it's easy. It's easier for me to just be like, no, I've got more important things to do. Or like, no, I'm not really feeling it today don't get me wrong. I love doing this and I love like putting out content, but like when it comes to actually setting a deadline, when I have my student organizations, when I have work, when I have intern projects, so on and so forth, personal things that I want to do, you know, it's, it's better to have someone kind of just like, Hey, what, remember when you said you wanted to do this? I'm here to help, you know? And I think that's been the most beneficial thing since like, at least just, you know, shooting you a text, um, every now and again, being like, Hey, I want to do this. It's been it's been really nice. Having someone at least hold me slightly yeah, accountable for yeah, something. And you're totally
1: right. Just the, just having some discipline in terms of, you know, uh, that's probably one of the core piece of it is discipline. Like how do I work on the brand? How do I, yeah. How do I work on small chunks at a time to work towards my bigger goal? Exactly. And you're totally right where there's so many competing interests in your life, uh, it could be family, it could be friends. It could be school. That you just you prioritize everything that is not an immediate you know, uh, immediate um, issue for you. So having someone there just to kind of check in um, is to me it means really nothing. It's it's not n- not that much time, but to be able to you know keep tabs and making sure that everything's on track. And that's kind of more the project management mindset of how do I keep things on track as much as possible and how yeah. do I. Uh, make sure no deviation occurs. If it does occur, how do I mitigate that as much as possible?
0: Yeah. What's causing it? You just try to find the root problem and just solve it, man. It's great. Um, and you're good at it too. Like you, you do it quicker and, than anyone I've seen. And I've only, I think I only had like one day of training you dude. Like <laughs> it's insane. Um, I get, okay. So how would you say your approach differs from others? I think the only other person that I'm like really well aware of that's like, recently started to push kind of branding is Dr. Adam Martin of the fit pharmacist voted one of the most influential pharmacists on social media and, and uh, you know, so on and so forth. Um, Really positive dude. I guess how I haven't, I've signed up for like some of his stuff, but I haven't actually attended any of the sessions. I'm hoping to actually talk to him later to finish up the series too. Um, But I guess how would you compare what you do to others who are, I guess in the same niche, I don't. It's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to say because I'm sure you guys keep these things to yourself. I hope I'm not exposing you too much by saying like what we. Oh no. <laughs> <I hope> I'm <laughs> no, Adam a
1: great guy for sure. Company um, secrets. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of, I, I approach things differently because I come from a software development company, uh, and so I know a lot of um, the agile methodology, uh, and I'll explain a little bit more in terms of what that is. But I kind of break it down to essentially I. Five, what I call five minds in a way. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm
0: interested. In Let's hear all the personalities. Okay. Yeah, now I'm all for <laughs> Okay. In um, so
1: essentially, I call, um, I bring in an agile mindset. I bring in an innovator mindset. I bring in a DIY mindset, frugal mindset, and an accelerator mindset. And so the agile mindset is utilizing agile methodology in terms of working with uh, other people. So essentially, How do I get from zero to market as quickly as possible? Understand my customer needs, understand what they're looking for. It doesn't have to be perfect uh, as long as it meets a minimum viable product and something that would be a value towards a customer and give it to them. And then you get feedback on top of it. So then uh, you get feedback. If it works, it's good. Then uh, we could keep on rolling. If it doesn't, then we iterate on top of it and we make it better every single time. Then we just make it a process of, you know, get the feedback, send it back. we work on it, send it back, then get the feedback in over time. It may not eventually develop into a perfect product, but it's a product that would meet a customers needs instead of spending an absorbent amount of time thinking that, you know, a customer thinking that they need all these bells and whistles, you devote so much resources into a product but then when you end up giving to a customer and they could be like, Hey, I didn't really want that. Yeah. I just wanted to have maybe the cheapest thing, or maybe I wanted to have the most, um, most efficient thing or something like that. So it's avoiding wasting resources. And this is always kind of like a resource constraint. Uh, yeah. How do I, how do I mitigate wasting a lot of resources, but also trying to meet the customer needs as much as possible and really Uh, understanding whatever the customer is looking for and what they need. And so that's that's what I work on in terms of software development. And so I apply that same methodology into what I do where we make quick and iterative processes to meet an MVP, to try to get to market as quickly as possible. In this case, how do I create a brand as quickly as possible and provide value to other people as quickly as possible? It doesn't have to be perfect, um, but you would get the feedback from other people and then you make improvements, you adjust, you adjust, you either look into data uh, that things are working well, things aren't working well, and you just pivot uh, based yep. on that information or things are going very well, just continue what you're doing yeah. because you're doing a great job. Yeah. And so that's the agile mindset. The other mindset is an innovator mindset where for me, it's really easy to be able to bridge two different disciplines together, bridge ideas and really take good ideas from one, industry then bring it back to the industry that I have
0: (laughs) graphic designer pharmacist the fit pharmacist I feel like I feel like it's 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 seeming more and more that you've got to like be something plus a pharmacist you know what I mean or like I guess it's it's not so much you have to be that but people are partnering their like passions to pharmacy which I think is really cool because I don't think I, I don't know maybe I'm just like so in the rabbit hole of pharmacy accounts that I don't know what other industries are doing but I feel like I don't see that often with like other like medical accounts there's not like a the blank doctor there's just doctor you know yeah. so i guess um it's just an interesting observation i'm sorry the, no, you know, no, yeah tangent. no it's totally
1: cool no i know I haven't, I haven't really seen more uh the media accounts for uh physicians to be able mm-hmm. to say yeah yeah yeah
0: um i'm sure they're out exactly. there exactly i would assume the just have, feeding me pharmacy accounts at this point so
1: yeah. have to, <laughs> Uh, uh yeah, there's probably a ton, uh, like an oncology uh, physician um, that would be able to speak more in terms of their specialty field and really yeah. promote themselves in terms of uh, providing that knowledge base.
0: So that's that, the innovation piece, I think. I think it's just partnering your passion for that to pharmacy and then exactly. two different fields, two things you love combined. So like <laughs> mine's humor and pharmacy and then teaching other like younger people about what pharmacy is because literally nobody told like i had no background on what that was like there was no there was no like hey this is a good career you should be a pharmacist it was just something i chose you know and now i'm gonna just now i'm still choosing it but now i'm partnering the stuff that i like with it so it's it's kind of it's cool how you can change i guess the trajectory of your career based on things you become interested in
1: we just have so the- many passions out there that yeah. it just doesn't have to be siloed to just a job because, uh, you know, you probably love video games. You probably love, you know, skateboarding, uh, being uh, outdoorsy and adventurous. I know you as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you just had too much fun last weekend.
0: <laughs> yeah. A little bit, a little bit. Uh, I was, I was so dumb. It wasn't even from skateboarding, man. I, I was playing with my friend's dog and I had a football and I, I'm 25 and I tried to be agile, which doesn't work at 25 anymore when you don't skateboard every day. So that's another story. All right. Sorry. Going on with the, with the multiple yeah. minds, the multiple
1: oh, yeah, the minds. minds. So <laughs> agile, the innovator and in the DIY, and that's what I do is a lot of, I'm just doing it myself because. And that's the one reason why is when I work with uh, other people, I wanted them to be able to do as much as they can themselves as well. You don't have to go out and hire a graphic designer. You don't have to go out and hire someone to create a website for you. You don't have to do that because one, it kind of limits you in terms of getting zero to market as quickly as possible, unless you want to shell the money. Um, but also it is good for you as well to be able to learn some of the technical skills and see exactly, you know, is this something I might like, or is there something I could do? Um, cause once you, you know, maybe have someone create something for you, they might be gone and you have to figure it out yourself. Like yeah. how do I figure out how to, uh, figure out a bug within my website? So, I mean, right now there's so many tools out there that just makes things just simple, very simple, either drag and drop or uh, something like that. And it's just recognizing that these tools are available and doing it yourself. As long as you don't spend so much absorbent amount of time working on it, there's tools to, just to make your life so much easier.
0: You've, um, you've sent me some tools, man, that I wish I had like so early on, but I, I, I have the DIY mindset as well. It's like, I, I almost, almost to a fault even if it would be easier for me to reach out to somebody and be like, Hey, like what programs do you use? What, you know, what systems do you have in place that make this my, my life easier? I'm just like researching on the website, like how to, how to, for example, I was trying to get captions on my video. Um, I checked in with you, you sent me how to like do kind of like captions. And then somebody sent me a free app that does it yourself. And I swear I spent hours just searching online, just doing nothing, going nowhere fast, getting lost in like, 10 YouTube tutorials that don't get to the point until three minutes in and then it's not what you're looking for so it it's it, just just that piece alone is valuable like is extremely valuable yeah but you're right it's out there all you have to do is go try and do it yourself Um, and it's it, I've been surprised so on the same note I've been surprised at how easy it is to actually do it yourself it's not hard to podcast it's not hard to it's not hard to put a little Instagram like video together it's not or use TikTok. Well, TikTok's a little bit different, but it's not yeah. hard to really do these things and dive into yourself and it's at this point it's not like I don't have time with quarantine. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's just it's been really cool. Everyone every people have probably done whatever you are thinking about before. Yeah. Uh, people have run across your issue. They would probably make a tutorial out of it. It's as simple as googling it or going on YouTube to see how it's done, then even maybe having an app that just speeds up some of the video playing to two to three times the speed. And that's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Be able to go quickly through a video to get to the point. Um and so we're trying to do as much as possible to kind of mitigate, you know, like uh, getting to the point and solving your problem as quickly as possible. So that's what I come in with the DIY mindset. The other mindset that I bring in is the frugal mindset. Is, you know, people don't want to spend an absorbent amount of money if they didn't want to,
0: right? And pharmacy students don't have an absorbent amount of, I have negative (laughs) money. I have, (laughs) so anything, anything like expensive is kind of like a, I'd rather, I'd rather not pay for it. I'd rather not, you know, I'll figure out a cheaper option.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so like, I try to provide as much free resources, free tools, because that's what I use. And I only, I use them because a lot of my, clients that I would work with would want the same thing as well uh you want things that are very simple you want things as hopefully as cheap as possible if you're able to you know get away with it if you could um and so I provide that mentality as well and so going through the weeds myself to be able to provide for uh the people that I work with as well so in the last mindset and not to kind of go over too much and just for this one question no I'm um, I bring in the accelerator mindset and that is how do I take a long process and hyper-accelerate it and improve uh, your learning as quickly as possible. Uh, And so a lot of it is going through my experiences and telling you like, here, this is what I did wrong here. This is what you might come across. It's just so I can shorten the interval from, you know, the entire goal is just how do I get from zero to market as quickly as possible and giving you some of the tips that, could arise or think always thinking about what's my minimum viable product to be able to get to. So I either improve their knowledge base or point out something if they hit a road bump into it. Um, so I could just essentially hyper accelerate the process, but also hyper accelerate some of their learning as well. It's it,
0: there's a lot, there's a lot of, there's a lot going on. <laughs> there's a lot of things that you provide, man. And, and And the thing is too, is I know you're good for it, not just from like, from working with you, but just like knowing you, like for the last two years, is like this is something you're super passionate about. Something you're good, like you're good at it. I know you're good at it. Um, but for people who don't know you as personally, are there any like numbers you want to sh- like? You're you have so many little success stories in two years, and you've got the stats to back it up, which blow my mind. You're like a LinkedIn guru. I don't I don't know how you've driven up Pharmacist Informatics Academy, like your page. Etc. Like, give me, give me, give, give listeners some, some evidence. Of it, of sure.
1: Yeah. I have a lot of projects that I go on with, and so like the Spence's Rin, the first, even the uh, before the first day had ended, I already had four clients that were ready to go and ready to start uh, strategic initial calls with, and uh, it rolled back in terms of because I built the Pharmacy Informatics Academy first. And it already had a fair amount of people that already recognize a lot of my work already in terms of how I could help out the community and help out other people. And so it was that was incredible for me to see. Um, but in terms of some other numbers I wanted to share, you know, once I started dispensing Rin, and to this day, my LinkedIn page probably grew about 26%. Uh, awesome. So from like about 6,000 followers to. Uh, 7,600 followers wow. and it's only going to grow even more yeah um, and
0: uh, LinkedIn is my primary uh, primary media avenue you own LinkedIn I swear there's not a time there's not a there's not a time I don't log in there where I see like one of your posts or something it's it's great dude I, and they're, they're quality posts too I mean just the fact that like it all started I think with those like nine block tile posts that you did of like nine things you didn't know a pharmacist did and then nine things you didn't know a nurse did or like you know I thought those are really awesome too because you're you're raising awareness about the, the career pharmacy and you're also like you're doing great like the post work like that format worked for you and I, I could see you keep that consistent like image and the, the color scheme and the branding so it, it, it definitely paid dividends it works so
1: yeah yeah it's definitely about consistency and going back in terms of discipline uh, and it's not too much of a discipline for me just to be able to post something it's yeah nice no one's just holding me down to post anything. I just yeah. want to be able to post it because a lot of people uh, find some value out of it. Maybe not everyone, but maybe people here or there, or maybe people that don't know me would be able to get some value out of it, such as mm-hmm. that Excel um, post that we had as well. Um, so those are just some of my personal numbers. and But I normally like focusing on my uh, the people that I work with in terms of their numbers as well. Um, So Alyssa, who is one of our ambassadors for the Pharmacy Informatics Academy, when she started working with us in terms of doing uh, these fireside chats to be able to help out uh, other pharmacy students and other pharmacists, um, gain insight to other fields within pharmacy, once she started working for us, her uh, digital presence in LinkedIn grew about 300%. Uh, Wow. (laughs) And then we had one, we had one contributor uh, for the Pharmacy Informatics Academy who posted an article on LinkedIn. Um, We saw his article and we're both, we're all good friends and we were just trying to see, hey, let's post it on the blog and let's see how well it does. And also just to increase the amount of viewership on his article. And we were able to increase that by 15 uh, fold uh, on terms of the viewership. And so, (laughs) Yeah. And so it's crazy because, you know, I never imagined myself uh, posting on LinkedIn being this type of person. Just, on LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: was, I, that, that was going to be my next question is like, how do you, I'm sure you've had like some criticism. I'm sure you, I'm sure like maybe, at least this happened to me is like when I first started people were like you're insane, you don't need to be doing that. Um, and I, I sort of kind of like, I, I don't know. I took me a second. I had to take a step back and be like, is this really what I want to do? Um, but I, so kind of talk about that if you can or like even even if even in school too like did you experience any sort of like like did this happen at any point during like while in pharmacy school because I do have a lot of pharmacy student listeners so I think they'd be more they'd be interested in hearing like what what pharmacy school looked like for you and then what what criticism you've experienced since starting Dispensates in So I guess two separate questions. Yeah. Or so the-
1: in terms of the criticism, so in terms of being able to spread your voice and whether you're trying to provide value or help other people or just, you know, posting on LinkedIn or any type of social media, you'll eventually get some criticism. Uh, yeah. That's that's just I found to it- happen. It's, it's at, inevitable. <laughs> Yeah, just look at all the u- successful YouTubers that has millions and millions of uh, views. Uh, you know, not all the upvotes are likes. A lot no. of them are da- downvotes, a uh, fair amount. Uh, and so, kind of the same thing applies uh, for me, where, you know, I do what, what drives me is I'm able to provide value to a lot of people. Um, and I see that it's helping people either develop some skill set or get to a position that they're shooting for. And it's no harm off my back of just uh, to do that sort of thing. And so I find it to be more valuable in terms of weighing out the pros and cons of it. Being able to help someone get to a position that they're happy with, get, find their passion that they're happy with, and do something that they, where they're able to lead happier lives is much more valuable than criticism that, that might come arise. And certainly criticism is going to be there in, in terms of getting that criticism, but also taking it as feedback as well yeah Um, that's important
0: too you like i like taking it not as like a jab to yourself but like i mean some people are have malicious intent but like most when i ask for feedback i really do expect honest like tell me what's good tell me what you don't like and then it's up to me to decide is that feedback worthwhile should i listen to it is it how do i not take this like emotionally because it's something i'm also like emotionally invested in so naturally it's it's hard to take a step back and just take it at face value of what what they're saying. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, and there's always uh, there's always feedback that you could either you, you honestly can't win everyone, but at least you could be able to reevaluate uh, or think about some of the things that you're doing that might not be you know in the correct manner, or it could be improved upon or yeah. polished more. Or something that would be in action. Probably the, the worst thing that would that would happen would just be you know taking that feedback and criticism and then just you know sulking through it and yeah, just not I, then just shutting everything down because um, because maybe one person didn't find value and, and therefore I, if you shut it down then the people that did find value out of it they are not hearing your voice anymore they are not hearing know, any
0: of that early on because I definitely did. I definitely had that at first, and then I, it's easier. It's easier to deal with that criticism now that, like my, like I'm where I'm at now, and I have put in like lots of years of work, and it's paying off. And like now, I'm getting compliments about the page, whereas before I was like, "You're crazy." So it's it. There is there is a light at the end of the tunnel, and it's great once you get there. But it's definitely a challenge going into it. Um, did you experience any sort of like? I you don't if you don't want to if you don't want to like go too much into detail we don't have to but
1: yeah uh, initially to be honest I didn't get that much criticism to start at first you did it so
0: well man you did you did I don't think you took any missteps which was a great like that was the craziest part for me to see is like there's immediate value and there's no there's like there's no like kickback i guess there's no sort of like shock that people had
1: yeah but over time as my page grew and i I was able to reach out more people and maybe uh, some of the things i'm doing might not align with how some people felt um and so it's going back you know you get some criticism but how what do you do to try to improve it how do you pivot yourself uh and so on and so forth instead of just kind of letting it letting it just you know hit at you emotionally yeah Uh, just taking that feedback and just taking some actionable items out of it, either doing some self-reflection or um, just taking action to try to mitigate that. And there's no way that you're able to make everyone happy, of course, um, but just being open to some criticism to, and, and not taking it so uh, personally. Yeah. Um, and then
0: stopping the from doing what you originally were so passionate about doing. Cause at the end of the day, it's about, like what is your goal and that's and that's something that you help people define and follow and i think i think one of the most beneficial things too is like i didn't really have anyone else starting out that i knew doing this like who was interested in podcasting was interested about like raising awareness about pharmacy and the profession but having someone to just like commiserate with and like relate to throughout the process makes it so much easier emotionally and just and just I don't know. It's always good to have somebody who's had a similar shared experience with you. So I think that's another value that comes from, um, dispenses written too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's not to say that I started off all this by myself. Like no. I definitely had to, uh, you know, credit Tony, Brian and Beju, uh, cause not because I was seeking clout or I was seeking, you know, trying to get as many followers yeah. or something like that. That wasn't uh, my intention. Um,
0: that can't that comes yeah. naturally from the passion and I don't think it reads that way dude honestly like I can I can tell how like passionate and devoted you are and genuine you are with all of this which is which is why I am more comfortable doing just like doing dispenses written because I know I know you personally and I know it's not something that's just like a you're you're not you're not here to like help yourself you're here genuinely to help other people which I think is awesome and rare I think it's very rare. Yeah,
1: and just to, like, for the listeners, uh, working with David in terms of uh, Dispense's we I mean, we definitely, do, it's just more of a It's casual. I casual. text you like, sometimes. Like, yeah, I, <laughs> oh, David, how are you doing on
0: your overdose stuff? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, and I'm like, I'm good, good, man. So <laughs> no, it's great. It's very yeah, casual. But- it's very <laughs> more friendly than anything. And I, 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 I'm I, pretty sure that's the impression um, Sagar has had, too, like, I'm sure you'll, I'm sure you can see. I, I'll ask him about it when I interview him. I'm going oh, yeah. to yeah. get him on here and we'll, we'll have you out and we'll have yeah. you not know, listening. We'll, we'll, we'll say all the things, you know, <laughs> all the
1: good okay. and bad things.
0: Oh okay. <laughs> Yeah, no, we'll, we'll cut out of the bad things as <laughs> there, there probably won't be that many, but, um, I, I think I've taken up a lot. I th- thank you so much for sitting and interviewing with me, man, especially as I try to wrap up eventually the social media miniseries that's been going on forever because I just stopped uploading and I started making memes. So I'm trying to really focus more on um, the podcast and bringing value to yeah. pharmacy students. I think that's more my audience now. Um, I did the mental health miniseries. I think that was pertinent and helpful to get like, especially a younger audience who has some have serious things that they need to deal with um become aware of pharmacy and handle their stuff but i think that's the goal now is to focus on residencies how to apply um so that's i look forward to me texting you about that because that's coming and everyone yeah. else who's listening get excited because i definitely need all the advice i can get about residencies because that's what i'm trying to do
1: now so. I'm i'll pump you up as much as possible yes dude yes i can't wait
0: is there okay so how can people reach you you got anything else going on you want to plug man
1: Yeah, so uh, people can reach me at hello at doctor, and that's drdavidvu.com. So I definitely have a lot of projects that it's going on light all the time. And so probably the best way if anyone is looking to see uh, what I'm working on, what I'm looking to post or um, the projects I'm able to launch, they're definitely able to visit me, follow me, connect me on, on LinkedIn. That's probably the best way you're able to get in touch. We definitely have a lot of things going on such as creating uh, the course for Pharmacy Informatics Academy, uh, starting a new virtual rotation uh, database 2.0, helping other people launch their own personal brands in the world. So definitely going on LinkedIn would be the easiest way to kind of be able to keep up with a lot of the stuff that I'm doing. Um, You're happy to go on uh, and email me but you're also able to go on my website as well to see exactly what's going on.
0: You're on social media. They'll find you. Actually, the algorithm will make them find you. Like the, <laughs> the second they start, they put pharmacy in their name on their Instagram. It's gonna be like yes. hey, your pharmacist, David Phu. Just follow the pharmacy, pharmacist. hashtag pharmacy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, how, how do you think I find new accounts, man? Everybody should be using that hashtag or like I'm trying to start uh, aware or awareness with like an Rx. Cause I think yes. that's, I think that's yes. the mission now. That's the goal now is um, I, I'm trying to kind of like tailor it more toward exposure of the career pharmacy in general. And this is you're you're a very unique perspective and person to interview for this because you one of two pharmacists hired at the company. You've got an engineer mindset and you're as creative as they come, which I think is very rare in, in our field. Thank Thanks you for having so me, David Vu, Dr. David Vu. I need to call. I need to, I need to address you correctly, Dr. Yeah. David Vu. Um, can I have to ask you one question? Sure. it's, do you know the sign off? Because I think it's—I think it's going to change. But this—this this puts you to the test if you've listened to any episode all the way through. Because I know they're long. I'm putting you on the spot. I don't know the sign <laughs> off. Nobody knows yeah. the sign off. Nobody uh, knows the sign off. Norman kind of knew it, kind <laughs> of. I give him that credit. It—it, it, I guess it was "Stay healthy and don't overdose." But I think I'm changing it to "Stay aware and don't overdose" because I'm going to keep the name and the title. But. <laughs>
1: Man, Stay healthy. I can't believe I missed that, actually.
0: All right, well, if, <laughs> there it is. Next time I talk to you, I'm going to be expecting it. All right, man. Uh, thank you so much for interviewing with me. I'll uh, talk to you later. See you, David. Bye. See you, man. Cool. And it's a wrap.